except for when you get the fucking details, because Necrons are like drab and like dark colored and stuff. Yeah, I'm literally usually. painting bright green on black, and every fucking mist detail is noticeable. Yes, that's the hard part. Um, if you feel like getting really bold, um, I know you've already said it on your arm, army color, but if you went full Egyptian with like golden blue stripes on stuff. So here's what I'm doing right now. I've decided to go against it, and uh, currently the... I actually have a picture of it. I'll post it on Discord so we, you can see it on your screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, also shitty lighting, so don't mind it. But uh, I've decided on a paint scheme, and I can definitely stripe it after I'm finished highlighting it. Yep. Like, I... Definitely. Oh. Ooh, you could do the uh, gold stripe with green. Like, that weird, like, main thing that they put on, like, the jackals wow, and stuff. that is really bad lighting. Let me try another picture. I'm gonna try to enhance it. Zoom. Enhance. Uh, this is without the brightness. You need a backlight. Yeah, That's I all. do need it. Um, but yeah, uh, the... I, I, I'm liking how it's turning out. Like, there. I, I wish I took more pictures when I was in the uh, place that I was actually painting it. Mm. It looks a little bit better when it's in a darker light, so let me just double... Yeah, I can see it, though. Um, the one thing I've liked about Warhammer has been the painting. I probably never played the tabletop games. The tabletop game is really long. Again, my first like tutorial game took about five hours to do. Uh, That's too long. And then here's the <laughs> fucked up green paint job, which I've already re like undone. Okay. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Um, but uh, it started out really good, and then I started like going over it with a dry brush. But I did it way, way, way too heavy, so it's all uh, repainted black. Yeah, yeah, you'll get there though. Also, it takes a lot of finagling, but you're gonna get there. Also, the primer manicure was a good touch. <laughs> That's well, like we had a we, we had a post to sticky tack all the models so we can prime it. Yeah, the only. One bit that didn't uh, stick on the actual sticky tack or, like, was too heavy and was rolling around was the uh, big vehicle I had. So mm. I had to hold it. And I was like, that's cool. I can just hold it by its little, like, um, exhausts because it's big enough to hold. It's very steady. Like, I'm not going to drop it if I just hold it and nothing's going to snap. Uh, and then I had to actually paint those exhausts. So I was like, well, I'm either going to touch the wet primer or... Because I'm about three beer in, all I'm going to do is fucking <laughs> paint around my fucking fingers. <laughs> so I spent the evening with, like, a glove of primer on my hand. And it's black primer, too, so of course you'll notice it. Mm, um, it's and good shit. I went home and spent, like, ten minutes at about one o'clock at night. Uh, still, like... <laughs> so, would you say you still have a lot of painting to do? Um, yes. Um, so, save yourself some trouble. <laughs> Stop in a hardware store at some point and pick up the orange container of Gojo Hand Cleaner. Oh, that stuff's dope. It's like a gritty hand soap. You don't even use water. You just, like, grind it into your hands. Yeah. And it will peel grease, dirt, paint, everything off of you. It is wonderful. And I was replacing... Mechanics and shit <clears throat> use it all yeah, the time. Yeah, and I was replacing my starter. Somebody brought me... They took a tub of it. They just cut the top off and said, just dig in. Yeah. What? Yeah, just dig in. All right, cool. Oh, this, oh, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Jesus, wow. And, and when you're done, your hands feel well moisturized, exfoliated, and smell faintly of oranges. It's amazing. You're so I didn't expect the orange shifted part. I'm actually kind of amazed I didn't hear about this before. This stuff's actually legit. What's it called? I'm going to text us the right. Yeah. Gojo. Gojo. I will send you a picture of it. Oh, please do. Yeah, it's actually really good at getting everything off. Better than turpentine. 
Because it's, you're not putting your hands in turpentine. But you can drink turpentine. <laughs> you can drink this if you want. I, mean, like, <laughs> I still, like, that is a feeling that I'll never experience again, or unless I want to actually put my hands on turpentine, which I don't. But, like, I painted this really big-ass fence, and my hands were covered in paint, and they're just like, here, sprint off into turpentine. Okay. It feels very weird. Mm. It does not feel like a liquid. Mm. It feels like a sand, mm. almost. Uh, I once had to reach into a giant container of transmission fluid, uh-huh. and it is it, it's oddly similar. Yeah. I it was, like, that mixed with syrup. It's, yeah, it's, I don't... It's one of those weird things that I'm like, I don't know if I should enjoy this, but I have an erection, so... Guess we're here now. Mm. My, my one worry about the models right now is that the paint doesn't strip with the solution I'm soaking them in. It's just like... What a, are you using to strip them? Um, It's a green all-purpose cleaner that's apparently, if it's not diluted at all, really good at just removing paint. Mm. Uh, you need to scrub it after just because it's not that, that heavy and also the models are really light. So uh, I'll probably end up having to like go a step up if... Whoever did the paint job before me actually did it like either way too thick or had a weird primer or paint. Well, wherever you go to pick up, I posted a picture of that shit now. I actually appreciate I that. hope I did that in the right channel. Yeah, I did. Anyway, um, so at, when you pick that up, also wander into the painting section because Home Depot and Kent are probably going to be your best friend and those are probably also the closest to you. Yes. Um, wander into their paint section and look through their various uh, strippers and paint thinners. Yep. Because they're going to have something that is perfect for working on vinyl and resin. Yeah, um, I'm likely going to just look up uh, how other people do it. I'm just going off yes. by uh, people's advice locally. And and that's, yeah. that's the thing is there's a lot of people who love buying the hobby-specific stuff. And they say, oh, I use this. This is the best. And it's like, that is probably a little bit better than the $8 can you can buy at your hardware store. And when you look people up online who do the, like, if you go on TG yeah. and be like, yo, what do you use this? They'll be like, go go to fucking Lowell's yeah. and <laughs> buy the fucking 1911 furniture stripper. Well, well like, the, the green stuff that I'm using right now, the strip them, um, is just, like, a $5 bottle of shit. Yeah. Which, I hope it works out well. Honestly, I'll... that's usually some of the best stuff. Yeah. Is like a cheap but strong chemical. A thing that you can describe as a bottle of shit, and then you know what you're talking about in context, is usually good. Yeah. <laughs> stuff you probably should put on the highest shelf and not accidentally spill over at some point. Otherwise, oh no, oh, you... oh see, put it. On... Oh no, yeah. oh, oh, I got oh, it in the baby. Oh, in the baby. <laughs> <laughs> My workshop is AKA a nursery. I hate it when I just have open babies laying around. <laughs> Yeah. Kids, stop it. I'm trying to mm. use turpentine over here. So, speaking of open babies. So I like the term open babies. <laughs> um, there's a new game that released recently <laughs> called... I don't like how open babies reminds you of video games. It's called Agony. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, open that makes babies. Sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, it's been in development for like four years. Um, and it's whole shtick... Gore and tits dot game. Basically, yeah. It, like... On their website, Agony is a first-person survival horror game currently in development. It mm. uh, <laughs> Anyway, it's <sighs> advertised itself like the classic horror game like Doom or things like that. Um, I guess it's basically you walk down a bunch of blank corridors and it's the stealth try not to get killed by the big things uh, meme. And it's really bad for that. And 
they have a bullet list of like selling points about the game, and it's all really, really bad. Yeah. Um, they recently just gotten shit on Steam. They have uh, genital physics. Yep. So like boobies bounce. Yep. Uh, there's there's wieners that wiggle, oh, yeah. and you can when you're walking around look down and see your own boobies or wiener wiggle. Yep. Um, they have lesbian and gay sex scenes. Didn't um, they have to do something babies, about that? Uh, it's it's vaguely censored, but they still exist. Yeah. Um, they have that bullet point on their like website or whatever review it is is immediately followed up by uh, you can like demon smashing babies heads open. There's a dude making a wall of babies and he crushes them as he does it because uh, you you go to hell. Your I mean, soul yeah, goes yeah. to hell and you can possess other demons and go through. But it's like. <laughs> Hey, you can spend like way too long in the first area trying to like comb through everything and then have literally one of the ten secrets in that area and be like, wow, okay, this was this is miserable. Yeah. And you can't see anything because it's too dark. It's like trying to go do you remember Hexen? Yes. The one the game that gives you intense motion yeah. sickness for playing it. Yeah. Um it, it's like that, but muddier and darker. Yeah, I've seen a couple things go by. Yeah, the the thing that they had to uh, remove was uh, the interactive baby killing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, interactive infant murder and first person rape with visible penetration. Yeah. Had so to get rid of that stuff. If you look at their title, like their art in the title, you can go, "Oh, geez, this is this is really something." And then you look at the game that came out otherwise, um, or has been advertised otherwise, of Scorn, which. Seems like it might end up being the same kind of thing. And it's like, wow, you just you just lifted their art, didn't you? Is that like more of a case of artists looking at their image and going way too far with it, or is it more so uh, people who are designing this and like making this artistic, uh, <laughs> not knowing or not being self aware of what they're making? Because I feel as though obviously something went a little wrong with it, just because. It's... I don't know. Everything, I don't know. <laughs> everything I've heard and seen about this game so far reeks of them literally just trying to advertise for the shock value of it. Yeah. It seems like edgy for edgy's sake, um, but not quite hatred well, levels. Y- yes. Like, it's Well, hatred, but in a different direction. Yeah, hatred like, meant to offend everybody. Yeah, like that was the whole, like, <laughs> look at us. Like, Agony is just like, we're edge lords that wanted to make a game. But, like... I, I don't see it as bad as hatred in that aspect, but it's can, worse than hatred. I think you can send a message of hell without the uh, interactive infant murder, yeah, which well, oddly enough is my uh, <laughs> is, is my indie metal band. <laughs> it's just it, it, I don't understand. It was a Kickstarter game yep. too, so like yep. you know, your mileage may always vary. Well, like I don't know. This <laughs> people ruin crowdfunding a while. They back. do. Yeah, they do. Like. Okay, two biggest disappointments for me in crowdfunding of things you'd look at to go, wow, I really want this to work. Uh, well, ukulele. I mean, yeah, that was... Because I it's... I liked it. It what? Okay, here's the thing. The camera was a little jank. Yeah, camera's a little jank. The ice level, very jank. I don't mean, be a truck. Being a truck is really bad. It's just ice levels. But don't the trick is... Making ice levels developers. Was, you know, it was Banjo-Kazooie devs being like, hey, let's make a new game that was like that. And I went, oh, that's wonderful. I want that. And then they made Banjo-Kazooie 3. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's mm, that's not really what I wanted. So, 
That was a little disappointing, and it was really, it was literally just a new banjo kazooie. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and functionally, for what it was, that's great. Really, it, there was nothing wrong with it like that. I just was hoping it would end up being a little bit more. Yeah, I think it was just a less memorable banjo kazooie. Because yeah. like banjo kazooie, you remember intricate <laughs> details, and that's mostly just nostalgia goggles and being a kid. Yeah. But like, what do you honestly remember about ukulele that? wowed you and stuck hard in your mind. Well, and that's the thing is, if you went back and for the first time ever played Banjo-Kazooie today, you'd be like, okay, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Stepping back from Hat and Time Hype, because when I played that game, mm. I was fucking high on it. I love that game. That's nice but, like, cool. it's really rough. It's really it's, rough around the edges, but it's... It, I think it's lovely. It's a couple mechanic yeah. issues, I think, with it, but it's very charming. Yes. Very there's a charming. button it's, it's dedicated... It's fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, there's Thanks, like, Shadbase, for ruining that for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shadbase. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, it's a dedicated kissing button. <laughs> But, uh, and then the other Kickstarter non-starter that we had was... That's my indie band name. <laughs> Dedicated Kissing Button. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the Bass Pedal. Um, Shit, can we team up? Can Interactive Infant Murder and... Oh my lord, Dedicated Kissing Button. Yeah, who opens for who? <laughs> Mighty Number no. 9. We play at the same time. Sorry. Mighty, oh god, Mighty Number no. 9. Mighty Number no. 9... Wanted to be everything that... Oh, what was it called? There's another one that came out a little before it. It was something 20XX, which was basically a spiritual sequel to... Uh, oh, it's just called 20XX. Okay. Um, which, if you haven't played it, did you enjoy the Mega Man X games? Yeah. Um, so go play... Go, go play <laughs> 20XX. 20XX yeah. is like procedural Mega Man. Some of your levels are, like, I think some or all of the levels are procedurally generated, but it follows, like, chunks and blocks, like other roguelikes have done. Um, but you play as either the blue character, which is X, or the red character, which plays just like Zero. What like, a fighting game, Yeah, fighting game inputs and everything, but... It's polished and gets a little innovative in new ways that it's like, cool, this is a modern-day rehash of the old one in a way that the original Mega Man devs could not handle. I kind of like that. I heard it was almost a hot mess, but, like, it's still passable. I don't know. I've Mighty Number 9? No, no, no. Mighty Number 9 is a hot mess. Oh. Garbage. But, yeah. Actual trash. Which is really... Fucking shameful. Well, I love the fact that in Mighty Number no. 9, you have a dash move, and that's very important. You know, you dash the enemies to actually, like, get power-ups and stuff, but the dash is slower than the fucking run speed. I don't understand why you made that a thing. The, look, there was a lot of problems with that game. Yeah. The only reason why and, you'd uh, ever dash in X is because not only was it faster, but you long jump. What's the point of the dashing in this game? You move slower than your run speed. You could probably just jump yeah. and shoot the enemy faster than you can. If you had literally taken 20XX and released his Mighty Number no. 9, people would have been way happier with oh, it. Oh, yeah. Probably. And then if they had just literally asset flipped fucking Gunvolt, <laughs> people would have loved it. Yeah. Because what Gunvolt lacked was. Like, proper advertising and attention? Yeah, because uh, I've heard of Gunvolt maybe three times prior to yeah. Assassin. It's uh, Mega Man Tohu, yeah. is, is my understanding. And that's really good. Speaking so. of these uh, Kickstarter games, the, the Castlevania Kickstarter thing, mm. the uh, what is it what is it called again? Bloodstained. Bloodstained, yeah. Yes, I heard about that. The They had like a, a prequel thing that came out recently, and I hear it's really fucking good. 
Yeah, like, it, actually really good. It could it could turn out really nice. I'm very excited for this. Well, like, the demo they released was a little bit slow and clunky, but, like, you can tell it's very early work. It still looked pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. When, when was the demo? Demo was, like, a few years ago. Yeah, okay, because, like, there was something released maybe a week or so ago, and my Twitter didn't really blow up, but a couple people who did play it are like, this is so solid. Oh, Medusa Heads, yay! Yeah. <laughs> I saw, uh, like, a... I don't know. I, I saw the thumbnail when Vine Sauce uh, picked it up and played it, hmm. which, you know, he... I don't know. Say what you want about Vinny, but I, I think he's really good to, like, judge whether or not a game's exciting or not. Cause, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. That's why I like... It's like um, you, you find people you respect and then don't feel bad about criticizing. Oh, absolutely. There's another new one, indie game coming out, called uh, Moonlighters. Where you run a, a shop for a town of adventure. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, seen, I've seen that played. Yeah, it, so have I. It's called Reseteer. Yeah. Okay. No, I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. Both both things played. <laughs> yeah. And from from the gameplay I've seen, literally Reseteer is better in every way. Yeah. Like, Reseteer is really good. The the biggest criticism I've seen of Moonlighters is that okay, the shops feel really good. There's like nice meta repercussions of like if you sell them. Only raw materials for a long time. When you finally get a blacksmith, if you later try and sell weapons, people are like, nah, I got this. I bought all your iron earlier. I just gave it to Steve. Yeah. He made a hammer for me. We're good. And, like, that's cool, but that the combat is, like, clunky, doesn't really grow or adapt or have, like, any real skills, like, floor. Yeah. And so you just go through and it just exists. Whereas in Reseteer, yeah, it wasn't, like, amazing combat in Dungeon Delving, but, like, you could fucking get there. Yeah. Like, it's like that and Rune Factory yeah, scratch all the itches one. you wanted. And then Stardew Valley kind of like yeah. went harder, harder on the farming. On yeah. The farming. Yeah, it was more Harvest Moon than, than yeah. the, the Rune Factory side of things. But like... And like, I'm okay with that. There's like I like those types of games because it's... You you have a mishmash of like combat genre and chill genre and that well, works well You get together. into it do expecting one thing. You start doing one thing. It's like, okay... So, here's your shield, here's a sword, and here's a gun. Um, <laughs> you gotta go down there and do that. What? <laughs> I didn't pick a carrots in your field, this man comes up to you. And I, didn't, like, I didn't sign up for this. Here's your DMR. Yeah. I, I like the idea of, like, in Reseteer, you sponsor a hero. Like, I think yes. I think that's really... I think, narratively, that's probably the best way to do a... It let's is. go farm and dungeon crawl. It is. Yeah. It's really nice. Especially if you want to do, like, something less narrative, or even more narrative, where at first you, as the little shopkeeper person, goes to the dungeon, and all of the good combat controls are really clunky and awful, yeah. and then you finally sponsor, go to the sponsor a hero thing, it's like smooth action RPG type yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. You just sponsor a good enough hero, and all of a sudden it just, like, black screens for a second and just launches God of War. You're like, oh. <laughs> 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 oh, shit, okay. <laughs> Throwing the axe, oh, we're good. Yeah. Love it. This is good. It's uh, with the new Bethesda announcement. 76? Uh, oh, look, oh, in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Before they got there, I enjoyed two hours of chair. Oh, God. Leading up to, it's like, oh, yep, yeah, so we're going to just port Skyrim to the Pip-Boy, which is the best joke I've seen so far. Yeah. I mean, just like, open Fallout 4, open Pip-Boy, and just launch Skyrim yeah, from that. That would be really good. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it's, Fallout 76. Oh, uh, we're in the fucking thing where uh, you're launching Fallout 4 on VR, you're sitting down in real life in VR, 
uh, you're sitting down in VR in the game, and you just take out your Pip-Boy, so you get up to actually eat as a character, and then you take off your mask and eat as a person, and then you just continue with Skyrim. Yeah. Eventually, one of those things will cross, and you will forget to eat in real life, and you'll die in your chair playing <laughs> Skyrim, so playing Fallout. Yeah. <laughs> you're joking about that a little bit. Um, so on Steam, they get, like, the Sega Genesis collection. Yeah, yeah, that's a shitstorm. Yeah, we can get the VR for it. What? Yeah, so they're re-releasing it, fixing yeah. a lot of bugs, uh-huh. and it's now available as a VR space. So you connect your VR to it, and it puts you in like this old cottagey type of room, okay. and all the games you own in the collection <clears throat> are games on a shelf. Yeah, and yeah. you can pick them up, you put them in, hit the power button, turn on your CRT TV, and you sit there in this cottage and play them on the TV like in that. VR. It's dumb as fuck, but I love the hell out of it. I can't wait till Robez makes a video of oh him just God. stacking all of the games up in some weird arbitrary thing. Can we please get like an official NES or SNES emulator, or even an unofficial one, where you can sit in VR with just your pile of ROMs and just go swimming in them Scrooge McDuck style? And then eventually you have to like, if you actually want to play them, you have to blow on them? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that somebody was trying to actually do that with the whole like, just an NVR emulator that is the original box that you gotta open up and throw it in, stuff yeah. like that. I want, like, one out of four times you have to, like, smash it, and then, like, that bounces the thing up, so you have to reach in and close it again. <laughs> you're just sitting there, just, like, you just pick up your nest, and you just, like, shake it. Yep. You're like, out the window, you hear a shatter, and then it just, like, phases back in in front of you. See, I can't, it works. Wait, <laughs> I can't wait for the gifts on Reddit of you picking up your virtual NES, tossing it, and then shock putting the cartridge into it. Oh, my God, the trick shots are <laughs> going yes. to play Mario. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm having weird deja vu. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Did you actually do this, IRL? Because that's bad for the heart. No, but like, I had dreams last night, and I was finances. like, why am I dreaming in VR? This is weird. Lord. And it was something vaguely similar to that. <laughs> this is alarming. Get, get out of my sleeping hen. Um, Look, all right, 12 o'clock, I got nothing to do. I- <laughs> <clears throat> Work slow. Work slow. Might I have well. to jack. I have to jack into something. Yeah, might as well. Might as well, might as well creep. <laughs> oh no, he's jacking into me in my sleep. Yeah, yeah. If you have you ever felt a gooey texture, just like while you're dreaming? Yes, but that's usually what I've done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. If you felt something a little extra, maybe a little bit more warm, you'll you'll fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just recoating the paint. Speaking of like the VR <laughs> stuff, though, have you seen Duck Game? For VR, it's made by... Uh, no, I've seen Duck Game. I've not seen it for VR. What? So, okay. So, I think it's... it's it's Okay. So, it's made by... Do you, do you know Freddy W? No. He's uh, the Asian YouTuber who made like a lot of really good special effect videos as YouTube was kind of still crawling and stuff. No. Um, you might have seen his video, but just not know who he is because he's, he, he's one of those... like the good solid chance of it, yeah. So, his... Special effects partner Brandon Latch uh, broke off from Freddy W and ended mm. up making his own game studio. Yes, and the one of the first games they made was one called Duck Game. Actually, I think it's their second one. The first one yeah. was like this, um, like it, you're on a. Sh- actually, the first one's actually really good. I can't remember what it's called right off the top of my head, but you actually have like you're in a desert, you're on this skiff, this like hover hover junkers. Okay, and you're on this hover junker skiff, and you have guns, and you have to kill the other people. On the skiff, right? Yeah. On the other side, uh, like another skiff that they're running around, so you can like get your uh, directions and stuff, fly around the map, and then when you find somebody, you switch off that, get the guns. The fun thing is, you can pick up pieces of your boat to make build cover and stuff. Yeah. And like everything's in real time and stuff. It's really cool. And uh, the second game they made, it's called Duck Game. I think it's like Duck Something. And um, 
you know, this kid in like a 70s, 80s era like house, like you got mm-hmm. the wood paneling on the walls, your single mother behind you is like yelling oh, I think that's called Just Duck Hunt. I thought it was just Duck Game. Duck, duck game. game is a different or, one. Oh no, Duck Game's the, like the... Uh, Side-scroller side, platforming yeah. battle arena. Yeah, <laughs> so... Um, Either way. Dedicated quack button is great. Dedicated uh, ketchup spewing out of mouth of the burger duck. Duck season. Duck season. Uh, That's what it is. Duck blank. And um, so, yeah, you're a kid and uh, you can kind of do all this stuff. Like, you know, pick up the... the, You you have games that you can put into the the game, like the game system, and play it on your CRTV that you see in front of you. You have action figures that you can actually load up little plastic darts and shoot out. So, um, Rob, as we mentioned before, he, like, just loads up all his games and you can shoot them in, like, domino and stuff. Everything's really dynamic like that. And also, as you kind of load into the game, there's, like, this news broadcast going on the TV about this, like, person in a dog suit that's, like, on the run from the police. And it ties in to this weird fucking horror element. So you plug in the game, and, like, you get the Duck Hunt game, you you pick up a shotgun, and there's this duck. Like, you know, just like the the original Duck Hunt game. And you shoot the ducks, he collects the ducks, you know, does the thing, haha. And you come back out, and the guy in the dog suit... Like, on the news, it looks kind of like that guy. And then, like, you you keep playing it, do some stuff, and then, um, like, one of the days you wake up and go in front of your things, and you you find this VHS tape or something like that that's, like, a little decayed and a little, like, weird-looking. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm just just gonna put this in. Let's let's watch it, right? And it's this first-person perspective of somebody in a camera going in through a back door, opening a door... And looking in, and what you see is a kid sitting on the floor playing a game on the screen with this wood paneling around yeah. as his mother's behind him in the kitchen on the phone. And you're like, what the fuck? You like look directly over. <laughs> there's like nobody there. Yeah. Was, oh my god. It starts like getting really fucking cerebral and crazy. Oh, it's so good. That's rude. Eventually, he does come and try and kill you. Yeah, as, as one does. Yeah. That's but yeah, it's I like, like that. really cool, and I can't wait to get an actual VR system. Hmm. See, that's like. That's the kind of VR I can't do. Oh no, that's the, that's my so that's my pride and joy sort of. Yeah, uh, that's I I spooks easy. <laughs> Big man do spooks. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like the spooks. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, spook is like good. <laughs> I, okay. So one time I was sitting on the couch, I was playing Skyrim VR, mm-hmm. and I got scared twice in the same hour. And I was like, you know what? I just gotta go. <laughs> so the first time I'm sitting there and I could hear like a voice in the distance um, of some NPC talking. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then I like turn my head to the right and he's right next to me. Oh. But because it like it's directional, so if you're not looking at somebody, they sound like they're like really muffled. Yeah. But because it's simulating peripheral vision. So you can't actually see right next to you like you can in person. You have like a 60 FOV. Yeah, yeah. But your brain tells you, hey, I should be able to see right next to me. So when I turn slightly, and my brain says, if there was man here, then man would be in eyeballs. Yeah. It, then man is not in eyeballs till I turn slightly. I'm like, oh, geez. And he got louder. I was like, this is not fun. <laughs> and then later I got lost. I was walking through the woods. I'm like, this is really pretty. It's grainy as shit. But I'm like, this is still really pretty. Yeah. And then... I heard like a, I was like, cougar? And no, there's no cougars in Skyrim. There no. probably is. Uh, instead, there's the giant spiders. Yeah. So I turned and to look just in time to have, because they jump to attack you. Yep. And just, I looked at Jess through the helmet and there's just a giant spider coming up. And I'm just like, silently, I'm just, and I just like locked down. 
And she, I got headphones in, and I'm like murdering the thing, just like yeah. <laughs> with fire. And she looks at me, she goes, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done for a little while. Honestly, that's exactly the feeling, and not even in VR, because I don't own the system, but like... <laughs> Exactly how I felt about the ghouls in Fallout 4. Like, when they, they actually leap at you, as opposed to everyone in Fallout 3 that just kind of stands there robotically and just swings at you. Like, that freaked me out. I can only imagine how that would feel in VR. Yeah, no, that's... Like, Fallout 4 VR looks actually really good, and that would probably not make me very happy. But that's effective. So. <laughs> yeah. Although, like, the, the situation where you saw the NPC, that's when that guy's gonna get a fucking axe to the throat. Like Yeah. Um, have either of you seen the game called Welcome to the Game 2? I think you mentioned this one before. I might have. I feel um, like this is... It's... I was watching a streamer play it, and it's a sequel to the first one where you do the same thing, but you're playing, like, a reporter who's a hacker, um, and you, your story's due in the morning, but you, you're supposed to sit at your computer, and you have to open web pages on your computer, and there's a list. And there's three directories of web pages, but you have to find the links to the directories hidden on the, either the source of the web page or the web page itself of like embedded hyperlinks. But you also have to find seven password keys on any of the like 30 or 40 websites it gives you. So you have to actually mouse over all the stuff on the screen, mm. all the pictures, go through and check the source code, and then copy and paste it into your notepad file. The problem is, is as you're doing this, you also have to keep skipping between um, Wi-Fi sources because there's different ones in the building. And so you have to skip between Wi-Fi sources. You have to enter in the password every time. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a little Amazon thing where you can buy extra, um, like, basically routers, like Wi-Fi router bridges you can put up in the building. Yeah. Um, and uh, VPNs, pardon me. You have okay. to get VPNs and access points. So you do that, you move your little personal, like, dongle that's on your desk, and you can put it three places in your apartment, and you're supposed to move that every now and then. Every time you do, it disconnects you from the internet. You go back, and you're supposed to change your, like, what Wi-Fi you're on every now and then. And as you build up, like, credits, uh, you're supposed to, like, purchase these things off Amazon, yeah. and then you have to go down. <clears throat> you live on, like, the 10th floor. So you have to go into the stairwell. It's all first person. You have to go down the first floor, all the way down, into the alley, go pick up the box, and then head back inside, all the way up the stairs. Uh -huh. And you can put it anywhere in the building, and if you hold it up, you can see red, yellow, or green for, like, signal strength. Yep. And they're placed randomly in the building every run, so it's different. So you have to, like, find the good ones or just suffer through, like, shitty Wi-Fi. But you put it up, you go through, and eventually you get all the codes, and... Once you get them, you put them in, you get your ending, right? Yeah. The reporter's working on a story where this girl gets kidnapped by, like, a hacker group or something. I don't know exactly what. But the problem is, is one, some of the sites you're looking at are dealing with, like, human trafficking. Yeah. Um, some of them are just, look at my dogs. Um, some of them are, I'm like, selling soiled panties. Some I like of them the second are, one. I don't like the third um, one. <laughs> I'm renting out my wife. Yeah, um, dogs. And it's like, there's a lot of weird, creepy ones. And the trick is, is if you don't continuously keep moving your Wi-Fi dongle and changing your signal, uh, the cops get suspicious of you and will just come raid you. Okay. So you can be sitting there and you just hear like, uh, like you can hear them coming up in the hallway 
and they throw a flashbang in and will put you at a gunpoint and then game over. Yeah. Um, you can also be sitting there and you just hear like a at the door because you're supposed to lock your door. Yeah. Okay. Um, and as if there's as you, a lock the door function, I'm not happy. Yeah. As soon as you hear that, your job is to run either into your like wardrobe or into your bathroom. Um, you turn off the lights on the way. Yeah. So you just run, turn off your two lights, hide inside, and don't even peek out. Because you can peek out, but don't. And this dude just comes into your apartment, looks around, can stay for as long as five minutes. No. And then leaves. And sometimes he'll, like, walk and then, boom, shut the door. And then you'll, like, step up and be like, oh, I'm safe. And he's just still in the room. He's like, oh, I got you. And he fucking shoots you. No, I don't like that. Yeah. This seems like a very... Like, I love games like this. It's kind of like Papers, Please or something, where, like, yes. it just gets more and more complicated as it yeah. goes. Well, there's <clears throat> there's that. So he can kill you. That can kill you. When you go down to get your packages, there's a recurring character from the first game called... They call him, like, the Breather or something. Oh, He's good. a serial killer who used to sit outside your windows and stare at you. Uh-huh. Um, and what he does is he's, like, waiting outside in the alley. So sometimes when you pick up your package... You'll, like, hear, like, a foot scuff. So you run into, like, the little storage closet in the alley, and you're supposed to sit there, and you have to hold the door shut. And he'll try and, like, open it a few times, then give up and leave. Then you go back upstairs, install your your VPN, and go. And it's horrifying, because this can happen. There's two people in white masks that will just pop up outside your windows. Or, like, you'll open the door in the hallway, and they'll just be standing at the end of the hallway. Um... And you're like, when you look at them, you're just supposed to ignore them. It's like, nope. Like, you'll look outside your window on the ninth floor. They're on the fire escape. Christ. And he's just standing out there with like a plain white, like the terrorist mask from uh, Siege. And he's staring at you. And you just look at him. And you're like, okay, no, you just go back to your computer. And like, you're not supposed to look back at him for 30 seconds. If you see him, if you open the door in the hallway and he's there, just close the door and keep going. If you get too close to him, he just murders you. Okay. Um, you can run into the assassin man in the hallway. And sometimes you'll hear, like, a knock on your door. And you go, okay, that's weird. So when you hear the guy go clicky-click and he lockpicks your door, if you look at the pinhole, he just shoots you right through it. Oh, good. But if you hear the knock, if you look out your pinhole, there's an old man out there and he sets up, like, a, a real doll-looking mannequin. And he just sets it there and he leaves it. Walks away, and he comes back like a minute later, takes his doll, and goes. And you're like, okay, that's weird. And when you open your door, there's a note. And he says, because he, you hear rumors on the internet about the doll maker, who's a serial killer, making it? women into dolls. And he says, yeah, um, get me, it's like the key or something. Or like, no, find the women in the building, mark their door for me. And if you don't do it, he comes in and kills you. Okay. So you have to, like, go around and, like, find, like, looking through people's mail or shit, whose apartment is whose, and then, like, hang the thing on their door, and he comes and murders them. And sometimes he only asks for one, and then he gives you notes saying you're good, and sometimes he wants you to do, like, 12. <laughs> but, like, he'll put you on a time limit while you're trying to do all of this other stuff. And it's, like, it sounds incredibly so stressful. stressful. Yeah. Um, 
And you're doing a thing about traf- human trafficking and stuff while you have a dude in your building making... Ah, yep. Ooh. Different guy. That's a that's a stressful game. I kind of like it, though. I like, kind of want to play that. Yeah. So, like, it's it's hard. You'll just die a lot. Yep. The problem is, it's also kind of buggy. Oh, damn it. So, sometimes, you'll, like, sit down at the computer and you'll, like, look out the window and you're good. And you'll look to the left and, like, okay, I'm good. And then the man with the mask will just, like, Goku right next to you. And you're like, what? And he just like cuts your neck, and you're like, why? Why? Why are you here? Or you'll open the hallway door, and like, there's no one there. You're like, okay, good. And you take a step forward, and he just instant transmissions no. right in front of you. <laughs> a screamer has watchers like, Goku, no! Goku, no! As <laughs> he just gets murdered by him. He spent like 12 hours trying to beat it, and like almost had it twice, but it's ten bucks on Steam. Yeah, it, it's not expensive and it's not even that long but it can be hard and like the, the length is essentially how careful or careless you are yeah like that seems like a very this is a game you're playing with your sound turned up your headphones on and you're very like patiently going through stuff kind of like a kind of like a five nights thing it, yes yeah. it's it's very similar to five nights except instead of sitting here and just checking things you physically sometimes just have to step away from your computer yeah. and just go. I mean, I like that dynamic. I yeah. like that that's a decision of like, all right, can I risk doing this as opposed to doing this? Mm. But the problem is, is everything I just told you, the game does not tell you. Yep. So you just sit down at your computer, you start doing stuff. <sighs> Fuck. And like, you're on the same Wi-Fi for the whole time and like, you're looking stuff up and all of a sudden you get swatted. To be honest, I thought the game was going to be more stylized. I didn't know they were going to go for, like, the actual, like, photorealism. Where, like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that. <clears throat> Very nice, first yeah. of all. In the first one... Uh, I like the glow effect to it, too. Yeah. It's got, it looks really good. In the first one, you're, like, in a cabin. Um, okay. And it's... Are you the fucking Unabomber or something? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's, like, this, like you're not a bad person, but, okay. like, there's murderers who are coming to get you. And one is the breather, and you can just hear, like... <sighs> And he's like, that means he's like, there's one window right next to your computer that you can't see unless you get up out of it. <laughs> and that means he's right there, which means you have to just not move. You have to just have to wait. Because he'll come through the window at you. <laughs> which is like, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that one bit. So, you know, that it for 10 bucks, play it for an hour and a half. See if you go, okay, I want to do more of this. And then... Oh, yeah. Either refund it because I hate this, or keep playing because you're I think fucking for, crazy. I think for that type of game, I even not refund it. I, I think I think that type of development should be supported because I think that's a very interesting. I, like I yeah. do too. Um, like I've absolutely just like bought games and been like, yeah, I only played this like a little bit, and I'll just let it sit there. Yeah, like Strike Factor is one for me because the concept of not the game itself, but like the controls. Are really fucking good. Yeah, and you I can not like a like game that. and still want that thing to continue. It's like mm. I want to see VR get so much better, and yeah. I want it to grow, which means yeah. people have to buy the shit. Yeah. Well, even like that type of game, that I don't know. It it, it feels interesting to me. Like I, I think I would play that. Like when I get a VR system, mm. like I think that would be like first on my radar. Oh yeah, because I wouldn't. Well, that game isn't even VR. Oh yeah. Okay. That's just yeah, you no, just sit at just your a, computer. Just. A, um, is there a VR thing for it at all? There might be. Hmm. I feel like that game would do very well in VR. Because then you can be, like, just... It sucks because, like, some people have to look at their keyboard to type. 
and you have to actually type hmm. when you're playing this game. So, like, that could be a little rough. Okay. Well, because the disconnect between, oh, okay, I need to be on my computer doing computer things on the computer in the game versus, okay, now I need to grab my controller and stand up. Well, I guess you wouldn't want to control You could just use your keyboard, but the transition could be chunky. Yeah, okay. But either way, that I seems, think it would do wonderful with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, think, I think either adapting it or making a third game based on the same engine-ish without mm-hmm. needing like so many clunky details. Yeah. Uh, like even instead of uh, having a computer, like having a tablet or like having something that you're panning through documents in. Yeah. Or even like... Even just, like, carrying and organizing files, to be honest. Like, say you're one of those people uh, in the game that, like, you're you're red-threading everything, so you actually put shit on walls. Yeah. And, like, if someone comes in to see you, you have to tear it down, or you need to, like, have it so that uh, you, you cover it up so that no one sees it, for yeah. example. I think that would be a very interesting thing. Well, like, so when the, when the cops swat you, you can hide from them. Yep. If you're in the bathroom, no good. Um, if you are in your wardrobe, I... So if you turn your lights off, um, you are usually like, they're like, oh, he's not home. And so they go quicker Yeah. Uh, and they might not open your wardrobe. But if you leave your computer on, they, they just sit there. Okay. Um, I think if the assassin comes in and you didn't power off your computer, um, he will sit there and he'll go through your shit. Oh, good. And sometimes <clears throat> he just like looks and leaves it. Sometimes he goes, oh, because you have a notepad file with your seven keys saved. He'll just erase them. Oh, good. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Or like your little in-game currency, like the credits. Like yeah. it's just Amazon box. Uh, sometimes he'll just like steal it. Yeah. <laughs> he'll he'll just mine your bitcoins like right <laughs> out from under you. I mean, hey. So <laughs> no, my coins. It's it's interesting. Should have invested in Dogecoin. Don't More egg, secure. Egg Bald. coin. I'm telling you. Bald coin. Come on. Uh, but yeah, it's it's an interesting game that I'll never play, but yeah. I want to see more games like that. Yeah, that sounds like right up my alley of a stress-inducing simulator with yeah, a good you're just, you're just going to be sad yeah. the I whole think, time. I think that's the way to do like stress, or not even stress, like shock and thrilling now is to have it like a really stressful, your mind's always busy type of thing. Yeah. So that when it's scary, it doesn't even have to be like genuinely scary. Things just happen and you're scared of it because... Oh God! Is this another thing I need to keep track of? Like yeah. that type of that type of horror is really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like suspenseful thrill horror esque sort of thing. Like there's um, uh, <clears throat> like there's a lot of different Slenderman YouTube things out there, oh, yeah. and one of them is like Dark Harvest, which is very low budget. They haven't put out anything in like a good long while. There's something like the span is huge, but one thing they did fucking well, and like always sits with me as one of their like most crowning jump scares is like. Uh, kind of similar, oh shit, I think we've been found out, we gotta fucking book it out of here or something like that. So, yeah. like, the guy's running downstairs and he opens up the front door and, like, four cultists are right there. And he's like, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> Slams it closed, runs up, and he ends up getting stabbed. Yeah, that's... Oh. But, like, um, it was one of those things, like, you, you gotta have a good... Like, jump scares are jump scares, but you gotta have, like, the lead-up to the jump scare and the be yes. a like, It needs to be set up right. Subversion of expectation. Even though, like, that wasn't for cultists, if it was anybody, you'd be fucking like, Jesus Christ, guy. Yeah. Like, like, even if it was his friend or something. Yeah. Like, like, even a friend and a dog, just like, shit, like, no, we gotta get out, and you yeah. push him out of the way. Like, yeah. but yeah, the, the fact that it's just like, <laughs> do, do you have a moment to talk about Nyarlathotep? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, um, stink. There's, 
one game. I think it's older. It's like a side-scrolling, like screen-by-screen adventure game. Uh-huh. You have to like click on things, collect things, solve your puzzles, and all that. And it's like, it's not the prettiest, but yeah. it's stylized in its own way. Um, and I actually find it like kind of suspenseful and good. It's called the Cat Lady. Okay. Oh yeah, I've heard about the Cat Lady. Yeah, it's you know what? I think you'd like it. I'd highly recommend it because it's got a good <laughs> little bit of story. It's not super long. Mm. And while some of the puzzles are those like, oh, you have to drain this to reach the key type of thing, um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I would actually recommend it. Like, I think, it won't take you long to, to play it. I think I know what that game is. I don't know if I've seen a playthrough of it or, like, it was just in passing, like, someone streamed it and I was like, oh, the seems neat, and then like, I just passed it over. But Yeah, and that's that's always possible. 9 out of 10 on Steam as a rating. Yeah. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, no, like, I, I really like weird concepts in horror games. Um, speaking of, like, going back to the, the Welcome to the Game thing, uh, Resident Evil, one of the, the, like, Resident Evil 7's DLCs. Yes. It was, like, an, an escape room thing. I don't know if you saw that at all or know what it's about. Okay. Um, I did not. So essentially, you're, like, when the game starts, you're with, like, a couple reporters, like, or you, you put in a VHS in the demo and yeah. you get like the, there's a couple reporters and some guys investigating you're essentially one of the reporters mm-hmm. and you are hogtied to a bed <laughs> uh, well not really tied you're, you're like cuffed to a, a bed and um, one of the the like the crazy woman keeps coming to check on you yeah and so she goes to like you know feed you this really fucking shitty ass soup it actually damages you if you eat it yeah. <clears throat> but she gets really pissed off at you eventually for, like, spitting it up or not eating it or something like that. But she leaves the spoon. You know, eat your fucking food. The spoon unlocks your un- unlocks yeah. your manacles. And then you have to solve your way out of this. But every time you hear her coming back, you have to put everything exactly as it was. Get yes. back into bed. Lock yourself in. Stuff like, like that is, like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, I like Escape the Rooms and this one of just, like... This constant suspense and thriller in the back of your mind of like, I need to fucking do this and I need to put it all the way back. And if you don't remember exactly how it was, she will straight up just kill you. See, yeah. Stress inducing mechanics are very effective. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as they're not like, they have to be a good mechanic though. Like, you can make stressful things based on, like, a lot of games use a resource of like, oh, you're going to run out of food or water or something like that. That's not a well, good stressful no, mechanic. That's more no. so a crutch, I think. Of, yeah, I don't yeah. like that. That's just. Um, like even even the first five nights did it somewhat correctly. Like you had an artificial power thing, but yeah. you had a lot of control over it. Whereas a lot of those meters are they're running out eventually. So no matter what you do, so long as you take too long, you're dead. Yeah. Well, I mean the whole the whole concept of like the five nights of Freddy's things is do the stuff and don't run out of power while you're doing it. But like a lot of the like the forest or something like that, where you have to eat and drink to even continue playing the game. Yeah. No, that's just awful. Yeah. Like the whole yeah. I don't know, it's, the, the forest is asking for a lot and it's not giving you enough. Yeah. Like I've I was watching a dude play through it and I'm like, okay, this like this could be a good like of the survival style. And then as I watch more I'm just like, I don't in any way care about this anymore. Nope. Like I would rather go back and play fucking Cataclysm. Yep. <laughs> like than than to sit there and play that. Like I'll play the old ASCII like door fortress style of game where like, okay, now you have to like deal like you've got your meters and shit, but also like 
you take a step and it's like, oh, you see something in the distance and you're like examine thing in distance and it describes it to you and you're like, um, no, yeah, no, okay, gee, what am I gonna do? Like, <laughs> ooh, and like, <sighs> yeah, like, and I didn't really. That's another horror. Like, it, it, they tried to just, I don't know. I feel like it, the the horror element in the forest was kind of just ham fisted a little. Um, like, don't you don't have to go to a spooky cave, but if you do, there's this thing made of legs. Okay. Thanks, David Cage. Sure. <laughs> Thanks, David Cage. Careful for the, the you know the cannibals that run around and scream and don't really are actually kind of adorable. Yeah, like... they're they're mostly harmless. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, like there's the tribe of like just actual ones that will like keep attacking you, and then there's the ones who will run up to punch you, and if you just don't punch them back, they'll be like friendly to you from then on. I feel like in order to do that game a little bit correctly, or if you want it scary, uh have them watch you but never approach you and have yes. them get way way too close and then once you attack them all shit's fucking done yes like if you get too scared they will attack you that's what it is you have so there was one game I saw and I don't even remember what it was called but it was like that like horror game where you didn't have like a hunger water meter yeah. but it was still like survival because you had to like fit you only had certain items certain things to create light uh, you had to, like, make campfires to, like, keep you safe from shit in the darkness. And there's, like, absolutely weird demon monsters out there. Um, and the guy was watching playing it. He had, like, two campfires set up far apart. And he had a battery. He had a flashlight. And he only had half the battery left. And he's <laughs> trying not to use it. But, like, you step into the darkness. And you can just see, like, a set of eyes there. And it's, like, like moving. And you can hear it. And every now and then it runs up to, like, attack you. But if you play the forest and it's like nighttime and you can just hear them like gibbering outside your camp and then daytime you can see them like just one up on the hill. That's the creepiest shit. Yeah. Yeah. Just one guy just sitting there looking at you from the distance and like one on the side of the lake and he's just looking at you and you go, okay, whatever. And you ignore them. You move to a completely different area where they can't find you. And then you set up camp and then like five of them are just like standing outside your camp. Yeah. And like. They slowly, like, all start walking. They just stand, ne- like, between you and your campfire, just like, oh, how you doing? They're See, like, no, no. Like, <laughs> that's, well, yeah. If, if, okay, so say we had to make an actual horror game. Yeah. I think, like, using the forest as a base, because it was, it, there was a lot of promise and it underdelivered. I think that's an okay base for a game. Okay, forest, there's a lot of foliage, there's a lot of stuff. Have you... There are so many times in PUBG where we're in the forest and I think a bush is a boy and it scared me. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it's, it's a good thing. A good aesthetic in the forest, like a dense forest, is really good for creepy stuff. I just watched The Ritual. Really good. A properly <laughs> dense forest. Yes. Not this just outside of fucking Montana. It's a sparse forest of tall trees that are not thick. Yeah. They're no. tall. They're thick, but they're not like close together. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Give us, give us some nice Canadian forest. Yeah, exactly. Like the the one like I'm picturing in my mind of it's just like it's downhill. You have no idea which way. Like because after a certain point, it's just fog because it's like you're you're in a misty like mountain range. Well, yeah, and it's like yes, rendering all of those textures <laughs> could be quite intensive. Do it right. Yeah, people will pay the money for it. Yeah. Also, you don't need to worry about draw distance when you can't see out of the tree line. Yeah, I can't even speak. Right? When you're so obscured that, like, cool, like you can see in your area, but you can't see actually far, you need to render all that till you get closer. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, that. you're making it easier on yourself in the end. So, 
we got our we got our dense forest. <clears throat> we we have like the cannibals, the cultists, whatever stuff like that. Like I really like that concept of things like as you're going out hunting for things, like either hunting for food or um, like different things to bring back to your place, mm-hmm. like scavenging for supplies. Because we'll use the plane crash as like the whatever. Yeah. Well, like um, if you're if you're using cannibals or like wild people. They're just minding their own business. I think cultists would be a better choice. Cultists would have a reason if you did want an aggressive NPC to come after you because <laughs> they have a goal. But cultists, they don't really care about killing people unless it's that specific cult. So, I think, like, I feel like if the cultist, like, the cultist has a mission. Yeah. If you fuck with any of the cultists, they will, you are now part of this ritual, they're going to execute the hell out of you. I feel as though, as well, if you, like, I... Cultists have to live somewhere. Yeah. One would assume that if you go up and, like, mess with their stuff, then they'll come after you. Or, mm-hmm. like, they're very... They're very touchy. They don't... They're they're docile because they're like, there's a new person here. I thought I was the only one. Whatever. They're living. We're living. So, how about this, right? Yeah. You have the two... have basically two factions. Uh, you have the cultists who are trying to mostly mind their own business. They are... They live somewhere. <laughs> they have territory. They're protective of said territory. They don't like that you're here, but they'll tolerate you as long as you don't come fuck with their stuff. Yeah, but then, it's a good source of supplies, which makes you want to Then go. have the wild men, right? Have it be a bunch of people, call them cannibals, whatever, who have been a small tribe of indeterminate number, who have been living in the woods so long that they're feral, basically. Like, you're talking like people like moving around like they're primates. Well, like, that kind of thing, but like, they're people, and like, they'll walk up and see you, and like, they go like, that's a person. But, like, they're acting weird and they're acting like animals where they're always on the edge. And they might approach you. But have some way to piss them off. Have some way to piss the cultists off. And have something for you to get in between between the two of them. I feel as though for finer interaction, uh, I like the idea of the wild men moving, like, kind of animalistic. Because if you're hunting animals, for example, for supplies, you're going to say, Oh, I recognize that rustling in the bushes is an animal. Oh, fuck, that's not an animal, that's a dude. Yeah, so, alright, we got our, we got our two factions. I'm a, I'm a little iffy on the wild boys, but if we do it right, it might be fine. And that's the thing, right? Um, so yeah, we, we, like, you're going out, you need supplies to survive, and you find, like, you don't really find a cache, but you find, like, that's a discarded tool of some sort. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a little weird, like, I'm out in the forest, I thought I was alone, but I'll take this, like, I need, this is a hammer, I need a hammer to, like, help me construct things, right? Yeah. So you take the hammer, well, that was the cultist hammer. They don't like that you touch their stuff. Yeah. So then, like, you start having that thing where, like, you get more people just kind of looking at you off in the distance, and then, like, when you try and focus on them, they just kind of, like, slip out of sight. Yeah. Um, that general I'm, also, I'm also a fan of, like, having found tools and stuff just be taken away from you if you leave them out. Exactly. Yep. So, like, there there is a sleep mechanic to it. Yeah. Um, the more you take, the more they like that. And, then, like, one day you can just wake up, and, like, as you walk out, you can just see somebody scatter from your fucking campsite. Yeah. Or, like... Oh fuck! And like you look around, like you might lose supplies, you might lose food, you might lose tools. Um, like if you've made a water supply or something like that, they could throw a dead animal in. Yeah. And fuck up your water supply. Or stuff if you've like done that. the whole like, oh, I'm gonna hang my food from the tree, and like it's the middle of the night, and you're forced awake. And yeah. You're like wait, what? And you you like wake up to like a crashing sound, and you're like, what is that? So in the dark, you're like, I'm gonna light my torch or something, and you walk over, and you just see them fucking leaving with all your shit. Yeah. I also like that idea, especially if they don't attack you, because that gives motivation for any, like, short-tempered player just to go fuck with them. Yeah. Um, The moment you attack one of them, then it's like, the next time you fall asleep, you're waking up by a cultist dragging you, like you're tied. 
Yeah. And they're just dragging you through the forest and you gotta find a way to fight your way out. Oh man, I just pictured in my head like the like you're doing the rest thing and your character like kinda like blinks awake and looks around and there's just like three dudes there. Yep. And you like camera's like up and he like kinda scurries away and they just like throw a dead fucking deer on you or something and you're like like something weird like that. Yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck was that? And he like blinks again and they're hauling y'all. Yep. Like, oh, like no. that. Like, oh no. <laughs> I like the idea as well of like if you really want to do like make the player paranoid, you can give them slight like nightmarish type of things. Like you wake up, there's a shadow of someone, and then you just wipe it away. Well, yeah. Like that's that's a thing I like is I water and food mechanics and survival is like yeah, they I, I think you want them to be harsh. Like, I, you, you don't, don't want really it to be to harsh. Eat once a day. That's not the meter you want to have harsh. No, you want the, a sanity one. It's what you want. Because we're dealing with cultists. Eventually, we're going to start getting into the old god territory. Like these, like the animals being thrown into water, them running around with your tools. Your ability to keep reality or your spook levels are going way up. Yeah. And like, but you see a dude running off with your <laughs> hammer and just have your character like remark like, not my fucking hammer," and then. Find it back in your storage thing later. Yeah. Or something like this. Like, oh, geez. <laughs> I'd also love a mechanic in which, kind of like Metal Gear and stuff, if you, for example, say what these cultists are like burning a bonfire or a wicker man, yeah. and like you, you you go see it, and like you don't even have to have them see you. It's just like you know it's there, it's clear yeah. in your view, and then you go back to your camp because it's obviously way too late <laughs> for you. And then, like, you wake up, and then there's a little straw man on top of your, like, fire yes. pit or something. Just some sort of effigy of some sort. Yeah. Like, you can even keep them as, like, trophies for, like, people who are curious, or it could be a huge horror element. Like, you find a wicker man on your campfire, and then you wake up maybe a few nights later, and now there's a cult that's actually burning a wicker man on your camp. Like, yeah. yeah. No, stuff <laughs> like that. And, like, don't have visible meters, right? No. Just, like, be able to have some sort of easy reference to be like, okay, I need to drink, I need to eat, but don't have it be trying. But the longer you push it or what you're eating, okay, are you eating like more raw foods? Did you eat the bad berries? Did you eat the mushrooms? Yeah. Stuff like that. Have that tank or boost or whatever your sanity, right? Yeah. If you're going to go full crafting, throw some food recipes in there. Yep. Nice meals make you feel better and, and just like, okay, maybe life will be all right. But yeah, have the sanity slip. Have your character be like, you know, you like arrow a, a rabbit or something when you like pick it up. He's like, oh, and like cool, I got the rabbit, and then just like blinks and just like he's just covered in blood and like blinks again and it's gone and it's like, oh no, like this is. Oh, let's just go full. I love how you can play with that sort of like animation because you're gonna need a collecting animation of like picking up stuff and you can make it very like visceral and like oh, here's the thing you have, and then you can, like, turn to examine it, and then you put it in your backpack. Oh, I really just, like... like, turns into fucking cockroaches once. Okay, yeah, no. I or really like, like the idea of, like, you shoot rabbit, you see dead rabbit, you're <laughs> looking at the ground at it, but the animation you use is not looking directly at the object, just, like, kind of, like, down in a bit, and you can see it goes down and, like, pulls up, oh, yeah, it's rabbit, and just, like, tucks off camera... But instead, like, goes and just, like, head and... Like, oh, exactly. oh, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. <laughs> and goes, like, so, that, and you look down, and it's it, it's rabbit, and he's like... So, <laughs> yeah, this is how we start pissing off the wild boys and stuff. Because yeah. I, I had this one rolling around for a second. You set traps for animals and stuff like that. You come out to get your trap. It's a dead guy in it. 
Yeah. So already you're like, oh, fuck. And the moment you go to, like, try and remove the body, one of them spots you off in the distance. Yeah. And you can hear the hooting and hollering, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking no. And then, like... <clears throat> That's why having them be animalistic, for me, is a good thing, because you're now dealing with just intelligent animals. Yeah. It's... Like, okay, you deal with a wolf pack, and, like, that's... Okay, they're just going to be predatory. But you, you deal with a people pack, and it's like, oh, no. I feel like that would be a good, like, RNG element, though. You either have to deal with the cultists or the wild boars, or both, depending on your play game. I, yeah, I feel as though you can have both, but you can have both have, like... <sighs> ways you can do it. Very simple way you can do it. Have the section of the map dedicated to more wild boy activity and a section that dealt to more cultist activity and depending on where you spawn you obviously more of each yeah um, and if you try and go into like a neutral area what would it be on the map like yeah. they, they kind of both get influenced well, well like, yeah, you, you can you even sit have them in a dead man's land and just be like oh you, you, you yeah. can even have them be fighting because if there are cultists there one would assume they want more people in their cult so they're like maybe the wild boys want to come that'd be a good thing to wake up and you just like you wake up and you hear screaming and you look out the window and <clears throat> a torch is going and you can see them dragging one of the wild boys. Yeah. Or yeah. just even if you're just out and about, you just like you hear a trap go off or like something like that, and you're like, okay, and like you hear sounds, so you go towards it. Because what else do you do in these games? And you just see like two of your cultists just like pulling a kicking and screaming wild boy away, yeah. and you're like, um, hmm, this is oh, what do I want to do? I also really like the idea of having it set so that if you want to just do an isolationist playthrough where you ignore them build up your supplies and, like, I don't know, find a way to get rescued. Yeah. Like, you have that option, but have them still fuck with you the whole time. Like, you don't have to combat them, you don't have to fight, it's not going to be a murder thing, but, like, they're still going to take your, like, wild boys are going to take your food, cultists are probably still going to, like, be watching you see what you're doing, and you, like, okay, you set up camp on the riverbank... Or, like, on the beach or something. And you set out your rocks that say, like, send help or, like, rescue or something like that. And then, like, you wake up and just, like, all your rocks are just, like, thrown fucking everywhere. And you're like, ah. All your rocks are, like, into this some weird rune amalgamation symbol. Yeah, shit like that. I would like to find, like, a survivor's cache at some point, too, of, like, somebody else who, like, you know, this is where you find flares. Yeah. And, like, it's it's a... Hikers journals. Yeah, shit like some family out for a fucking hike. If you want it like procedurally, you could definitely say, uh, give a player an example of a really obvious one so that they know they can explore, and it gives them incentive to actually leave their camp and not Mm -hmm. protect their stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of of fun stuff. It's like you you see a thing. It's like you know some mom, dad, and their kid. Yeah, like they're just like keeping notebook like, oh, we're doing this and this, and then like they're talking about landmarks. So you can, like, follow their path, and you might find, like, oh, like, they left a bag here. I have a bag now, and there's, like... Yeah, the ritual did that well. They ended up finding this tent that got smushed under, and, like, it was coated in moss and stuff, like, it was grown over. Yeah. So you just, like, you stumble over a peg, and you're like, the fuck is this? And you pull it up, and it's, like, a full tent that's just broken down. You can do that, and then, like, have the kid be in the cult. Yes. Oh, I also like the idea of, like, Metal Gear soliding it, where uh, the NPCs will react to your stuff. For example, if a wild boy gets trapped and you decide to, like, if RNG or the situation decides for them not to be hostile, like, either you uh, unlatch him and, like, hide the body, or you ignore it, because if you're seen touching it, then it's going to be more 
like it's going to be more suspicious of you that the wild boys will now look out for these traps and will rip them out. Yeah. So you need to like find a different spot to hunt. Yeah, they're destroying your traps the, the, or taking your food, and the cultists are like ruining your shelter or attempts to escape because they don't want people coming here. Yeah. Yeah. But it'd be good if like the last like you're out and about and you hear one of your traps go off and you can actually go and save them. And, like, the wild boys will leave you alone for a little while or something like yeah. that. Like, that way you can kind of... Your influence is not just always bad. Yeah. Well, I, I feel as though even in the hostile part, if you move or if you take a uh, long enough time not interacting with them or going out of your way to not interact with them, I think they'll still, like, war- like not warm up to you, but will uh, essentially smooth out their aggression. Um, I also think are like some more special events with like cultists and stuff. Like for example, you have a water basin, and then you come out one morning, and the water basin's like fucking purple or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You come out, and there's just like a raccoon like bisected, just like into your water supply, and like, oh, that's yeah. No, I gotta wash that now. But it'd be nice to, uh, like, another thing would be you uh, you kill a wild boy or something like that. Went after you stumble across the one that got, like, ensnared and died mm-hmm. and everything. Like, you come back and, like, on your way back, like, somebody, are, like, you just see somebody take off. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, God. No, no, no. And you come in and just somebody says, thanks. Just, like, a note that's left there. Thank you. Oh, yeah. No, no. You're like, for killing them? Did, like, am I earning their favor for killing wild boys? It's just, like, weird things. I think I think in order for this game to be successful, it needs to be predictable, yet... Uh, not predictable. It needs to be predictable in the fact that you know what actions will cause what to yes. happen. Yeah. But those, like, the end result has to be unpredictable or uh, weird. Yeah. yeah. And there needs to be, like, I, I feel like there should be a good payoff. A sense of... Uh, like casualty in games or casualty or however you pronounce causality. it. Causality. Yeah. Yeah. Ca- ca- thank you. <laughs> causality. Yeah. The U is in a different place. Cause and effect. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing like your actual like direct cause and effect versus being unpredictable are very different. Yeah. And uh, I love the idea of, yeah, being yeah. able to have it done that way. And like, I don't know, it, it would be much better than what the force was. <laughs> but like, end game. I, I don't like those games too much because I don't... Like, my goal is I survive a bit, cool, I experience some things, but, like, I still want to be able to finish. Yeah. Like, it do, do is there an end game of getting out? Like, finally finding a map in order to be like, oh, shit, I, I can go this way. I know which yeah, way I need to go You now. need a goal, and that's the thing. Subnautica had... Uh, build a spaceship. Get the Subnautica fuck out. is a good game. Yeah, yeah like, that, that. that's why I like Subnautica. Your whole goal is to finally... How about like the first time you skip? Like it's like don't eat the local wildlife. It's it could be contaminated, and you're like, yeah, but sometimes you have to. Yeah, and then like you get to like the first like alien wreck, or not wreck, but like facility, and it's like yo, like this, hmm, and your computer like recommended you scan yourself, and so you scan yourself. It's like you're infected, and your character's like ah, (laughs) and you finally find like data logs later like outlining late stages of the disease where you basically turn into a fish person great and like you get it and then as during certain like plot beats you just you do like your character will be like even if you don't scan yourself or like look at his arms and you're wearing a wetsuit and you're like okay whatever and like there's one part where like he like looks at his arms and, like takes off the glove and you're like getting scaly or some shit mm. and he's like and, like, everything just kind of, like, vibrates as he's, like, freaking out about yeah. it. Yeah. And then oh. you scan yourself 
just to like verify and the computer's like you're gonna die soon <laughs> yep it's like oh oh no great <clears throat> but yeah like what, what would be an end game to that sort of foresty thing I think uh, smoke signal SOS thing for a certain amount of time or keep doing it because it'll raise aggression for both factions just because the cultists don't want to get in there and the wild boys don't want like huge fucking fire and like a smoke signal because it's attracting them yeah um so like they'll mess up all those attempts so you have to find a way to either SOS in the same spot for an X amount of time uh have an SOS yep have a way to access radio. Yep. And then, like, it'll give you a time limit. Oh, you could even, like, have a mechanic in which a piece of something important is scattered either in cultist territory or wild boy territory. So, the cultists could have a radio. Yep. And you radio in help. And they're like, okay, we're going to, like, send out some rangers for you. And they send out some rangers for you. And the first time, the fucking cultists get them. <laughs> yeah. And then it's on you. Yeah, uh, I feel as though you can like reattempt that, but you have to mark where you guys are, like where you are at different spot. Like for example, oh, I'm going to be at this coordinate. For example, and obviously the cultists are listening, and so they know where you are. So now you have to like maybe planning out the day of, or like planning out when those rangers are going to come. Be like, yeah. actually, I'm here because these fucking dudes are crazy. First, first, sh- first sheriff guy comes. First, uh, like whatever, forest ranger comes, gets come with a cultist, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Second one comes, you have to be like, be very careful. There's cultists. This is where I'm located. And you might be able to pull it off, but probably not. There's a chance that they're just a cultist in disguise using the first ranger's outfit. Oh, uh, it's also good. Like you, uh, you have to find it. Like when the ranger comes, there's something just a little bit off, maybe about them. Mm-hmm. Like they might be missing like a badge, or might be missing something. Like, you have to inspect them. Like, just, like, that that's, like, end game stuff. Yeah, I think like, it would be so fun have, just to, like, have, go through this game like, and I'm get all the... Bumps, that's a good idea. Yeah, get, get all the, like, RPG stuff, like, not RPGs, but all the ending stuff. Like, he, he could have, like... Well, yeah, you find a goal and you work towards it. Yeah. Right? So, like, you, you have these cultists and maybe they're wearing, like, jewelry and stuff. And maybe the thing that's off about the ranger is, like, perfectly dressed. He might be a little unkempt, but whatever, you know, forest ranger. And then, like, he pulls out a pendant. And, like, looks at it for a bit and then stuffs it back in, like, his shirt or something. And then you realize, like... you might have missed that if you, like, were too quick or too distracted or something. And then you get leaded into the cult. And then there's this scene where now you need to escape and make sure that you don't do this anymore. And then you have to do the other version of the SOS. a few stages to, like, escape via radio through, like, Park Ranger or whatever. Yeah. Um, Try and SOS yourself other ways. Uh... There's probably another way to like actually get away, or drink the Kool Aid. Yeah, that's always a good ending. Well, like you can even turn the game on its head and say like, "All right, sweet, you drank the Kool Aid. Now it's a let's go call Cthulhu simulator." Yep. Well, yeah, and like because sanity is going to be a thing, you're going to run a real danger of like, cool. Have you been keeping up on your sanity? Yes. The park ranger thing backfired. You're now a prisoner. You, 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 this is a great idea. Yeah, and it's, like, going to be harder to get out, but if you've been keeping sane, it's like, I need to get out of here. Well, I need now, to go. Now it's less huh. of a, a survival game and more of a, let's let's figure out, what like, how I can trick these guys into helping me out. Mm-hmm. So, you drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. You're now part of the cult. Yeah. You wake up back in your own bed, like, back in your own camp. Yeah. But now you just hear voices. <laughs> just like, kill the L2, take him out, kill him, things. Yeah. And then in the distance, you hear the park ranger... 
Yeah. Of, or like some sort of forest ranger being like, hello, is there help? And that's like kind of the end where like he yeah. walks in and it's like, oh, thank God I found you. And you just look down, you're holding a knife and just like credits. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you're radioing in and the fake, like, it makes sense narratively because the fake park ranger would be like, all right, you're trying to escape. We don't want people around here. We're going to either try to brainwash you and then make sure that no one enters these forests. So obviously you're going to kill the park ranger. Yeah. Or, like, if your sanity is high enough, then you're just going to, like, do a quest. Like, all right, fucking sweet. Quest marker. Kill the fucking park ranger. <laughs> well, it's just like, where where did the credits start at that point? Like, we need to we need to end it at some no, point. No, no, I, 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 like I feel it. as though... There's a narrative in here. I feel as though there might be, like, we can do a lot of endings. Like, ending A would be escaping. Ending B would yeah. be killing the park ranger. And it's all just hidden until you figure out the formula of what's going on. Because yeah. I think a lot of those games that have way too many multiple endings, the fun is just finding out what you can do with the game. Yeah. yeah. I don't want, like... Drinking the Kool-Aid and becoming part of the cult, like, you could stay in the cult, and that could be, like, just an ending of just trying to, like, like, here's the knife, go kill that, like, wild boy on the altar or something like that, and, like, it brings forth something horrible and, like, credits roll, or you wake up back in your bed and, like, you know, kill the, kill the park ranger, you know, you're yeah. fully part into it because, like, you know, that's the ending that's gonna happen now, is you're gonna fucking straight up kill this guy. With that as well, you also get the luxury of having a flat map, and now you just need to, like, without being procedurally generated, you can then just dot your spawn points around the map, so you yeah. know, oh, I'm in Wild Boy territory, and I need to do this in order to get this ending, or I want to do this in order to see if it generates another ending. Yeah. It'd be, I don't know, because then, like, well, yeah. Not There's several fun. levels of variance in here you can do, because you can have your spawns be basically tied either shallow or deep into either territory or in a neutral zone. And then if you felt like it, you could also have like, okay, there's these landmarks that are always true for wild boy or cultists. Yeah. But then there's these areas that are oscillating between playthroughs of like, sometimes the wild boys don't care about the shore. Sometimes they fucking love the shore. Yeah. Sometimes the cultists are all about that waterfall. And sometimes you'll never see them there. Sometimes there's wild boys there. Yeah, and like, okay, I don't like that they're now unpredictable for that. But there's ways empirically within the game to determine yeah. territory markers, <laughs> like even signs, if, things like that. Yeah, like the the map might not be procedural, so you might know the map layout, but you yeah. just don't know what territory you're in until you start seeing the signs. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think that's a good idea as well because, well, yeah, I, I think it'll be. For the first playthrough, and you get an ending, whatever ending you run into, if you're going absolutely blind, and then you go in the second one, and it's still kind of scary because everything's subtly different. Yeah, I think that'll be great. And that's the thing is you don't you want to minimize your number of known factors without effort. Yeah. So that every time it's it's always like that, and then <laughs> even then, you can run sliding scales on your cultists and your wild boys of like, okay, are your wild boys just like self-sustaining, friendly, and they just want to do their own thing? Or are these like hunting wild boys? I mean, like, are they going to just like pick on you the whole time? Are the cultists going to just ignore you? And like, oh, you, because you've done something, they've noticed you and now they're, now they're curious. Or are they just like, oh, yes, here he is. And now they're just going to freak you the fuck out the entire time. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. Like, like what, what kind of ramp your aggression on either one. Yeah. And so then if you have like some variances in behavior and then variance in territory with a static map, you need to be like, okay, I need to figure out where I'm at. And then 
then I need to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Do I have angry boys again? Because if you have, if, if you get stuck in the no man's land of two, both triggered for territorial and angry factions, you're going to have a bad time. That's yeah. hard mode. <laughs> I feel as though, as well, for like a second playthrough thing, or even a first playthrough, uh, having different unit, well, obviously having different units for wild boys and cultists, but like having one unit where a special like costume, for example, for one of the hunter groups with like, all the dude is, he's just a tall dude wearing antlers and shit. So at a glance, you can see something's fucking wrong over there. Mm. And then, like, you know it's different because the dude's just wearing a different headdress and that maybe signifies how their aggressive stance is. Yeah. Like, if you see the antlers, you know, I'm <laughs> fucked, I need to stay away from them. That's probably better because it's more visible. Like, you can hang stuff off the antlers and stuff and just have it be, like, weird and, like, it's weird. Hmm. There's ways. There, there's, there's some fun stuff. Yeah. 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 The hard part. Honestly, the hardest part in, in any concept like that is when it comes to the execution of, if for me, it's not even the idea of like, uh, like picking an engine and then running, like coding it the right way. Yeah. It's an issue of the art for me every time. It's like you could do this with a bunch of placeholder stickmen and have it work the way you want it to. But with something like this, it is all about the art yeah. in the end. Yeah, because I mean, striking imagery and knowing what is what just at a glance is very important for a lot of games, really. It is. Yeah. Well, so I saw this, um, it was a comparison between, like, PUBG, Fortnite, CSGO, Siege, and a few others, and it's, you, you play Fortnite or you play PUBG and you go, okay, I don't know what I'm looking at a lot of the time. Like, yeah. in Fortnite, you know what's building, but in PUBG and Fortnite... Is that a bush or a boy? Yeah. Right? A boy bush is the worst thing to ever happen to first-person shooters. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. CSGO has its own things where it's like, unless you are horribly experienced in the game, you're like, was that a shoulder? Like, you're, you're not sure. In Siege, because of the way they, like, hot, like, the way they render the models, and because of the environments themselves, you never have the problem, except in specific circumstances, of, is that... A person or is that environment? Yeah. Right? Except for a few people who it's kind of the point. Like I'd argue Vigil is the biggest problem with that because he can hide in dark corners real well, but he that's can. his character. Yeah. That is his character and that's his thing. And there's very few actual dark characters. Yeah. Vigil on theme park, just sitting in some of those black corners is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've had uh, a few times in a few games about like last week where I got killed twice by Vigil because I didn't even know he was there until he was already shooting at me. Yeah. And that's his character. Like, that's his gadget is that he's too dark to see. I've been staring <laughs> into a fucking open door that was just sh- like shady, holding an angle, being like, okay, we're good. And he kills me in the head. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how quick was that spawn peak? No, he, I was aiming right at him the whole time. <laughs> he's just like not blinking. He's just like, I'm <laughs> dead. I'm like, oh, okay. This is great. This is great. Thanks, fucking Ubisoft. Horror simulator. But, uh... Oh, it's it's a spooky game. Yeah, and like, when, can I, be. when I read that, I'm like, man, like, that's, that's so true. Always being aware of what you're looking at. You should never have that level of confusion of, what is this? I mean, even character models is very important, because if you need to see what's at, like... For example, when you're driving around in your drone and you don't have time to scan, you need to know, uh, in the game, if you're experienced enough, or playing an experienced game, you need to know that that guy's mute, that guy's cav, that guy is Valkyrie. 
Whereas yeah. on a lot of like, oh, I suppose it really doesn't matter for PUBG and a lot of other stuff, but in a lot of uh, shooters where the visuals are just messy, you can't see at a glance what is going on. No. Yeah, and especially with like different skins as well. Um, color is very important, and if you can't do color, you have to do figure. And and that's that's the thing is like you look at every first person shooter ever pretty much that runs with the brown color palette, yeah. like PUBG. Okay, you see a guy even from a close range, you don't know what gun he's using. Does he have an AK? Does he have a car? Does he have an M24? Does he have the M- the LMG? Is he just carrying two shotguns? Is that an ump? Is that a micro? What is it? What does he have? Because I don't know. And so you can't threat assess and, and determine any tactical viability from that point. Yeah. Well, when it comes to, like, this weird horror game that we've not named, um, I think there's a good element of not knowing if that's a bush or a boy. Until it does something. Well, like, that's yes, that's the kind of the point of the thriller aspect yeah, of it. That's where it becomes intentional, though. Yeah. Right? So, like... I feel as though... nothing should do that well? I feel as though nothing should blend in too, too well with the environment. It always has to be moving. Like, if you expect an animal and it's a boy, that's still really scary. Yeah. But at least that's more realistic than saying, okay, there's a guy blatantly hiding pretending to be a bush. Or, like, yeah. I think that's a bush, but I'm walking up towards it because... Yeah, yeah it, you want stuff where, like, you can if you scan really quickly, you might notice something, oh, wait a second. Mm. And then, like... But that becomes less an issue of uh, like the muddiness of, oh, that bush is poorly <clears throat> rendered and it looks like a boy carrying a rifle. And yeah. that bush has been sculpted to have the silhouette of head and shoulders. Yeah. And, but... And then you stop and you look, you go, no, that is absolutely just a bush. But when you do that quick scan, you're like, oh, wait, hold on. What I see? Or like a, a tree behind another tree or like a branch or a rock or something looks like something hunched. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. It's like, no, it's just rock. Yeah. Right? I think you can do a lot of fun visual design in which if you go through an area and you see nothing, like it's just foliage and like trees and stuff. And then you go through an area at a slightly different angle. I like uh, maybe having design that it stacks up. Like, for example, if it's a hill and you go up on the top of the hill in one direction, then you have to go back the other direction, you decide to go to the bottom of the hill and you look up. Some things just line up really, really well. So, like, things are taller because you're looking up and you're like, is that a fucking boy? Yeah. Yeah, until it was pointed out to me. Um, for Metal Gear Solid Five, not the Phantom Pain, but for Ground Zeroes. Yeah. Um the base that they stick you in has been so perfectly constructed that if you go to any one tower, any one vantage point and try to see everything, yeah. you can't. Yeah. Things are very intentionally obscured from every angle so that no one angle is perfect. Yeah. And that kind of idea of, hey, I'm on this hill because that's a good place to get a look out at the forest below me. Cool. Like, oh yeah, river goes this way and this. And it's like, oh yeah, there's a hill over there. Cool. We got this. And you go, and if you go to that hill, there's a bunch of shit on the other side of it. Yeah. Important stuff. Maybe it's a steep drop. Maybe it's a little camp. Maybe it's, you know, a a cave or something that you didn't see because you stood on the big obvious hill instead of going somewhere else and looking. And so you need to explore to figure out your actual land. I feel as though that could also create a a very neat narrative of, oh, I think I have to lay the land. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's a fucking cave I didn't see because I was on one side of the place. Yeah. Like, I think think in terms of, like, playing the game, that would cause a lot of, oh, I found this cave and now I know where this cave is for, like, potentially another playthrough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's that. And I like... There's a lot that can be done with it that you just need to really take your time with considering. Yeah. Because I love, you look at 
I can't remember if this is top down or bottom up, but uh, you, you look at your end goal. How do you want to get there? Cool. Figure out how you want to get there. It's top down design, yeah. Then <clears throat> figure out, okay, what fucks that up? Yeah. Implement things on purpose and then ask the question, where am I going? Well, that's okay. how I always write things, right? You know what you want the end to be. And you just work back from there. Mm -hmm. Now, this is strange because narratively, like when I'm doing like my creative writings, um, sometimes I have an end goal and I want to work towards it. And if I do, it's about a 50-50 shot if I actually end up there. Because a lot of time I'll just start and I end up somewhere. Yeah. And wherever I'm at, I'm just happy with that. Because that's, I'm like, okay, you know what? As I went through it, I ended up just finding, oh, no, wait, this makes sense. This is what feels right. As I'm going, I just go one little step at a time until I have this whole piece. But that's not at all how I would want to actual hand, actually handle a technical project. Well, yeah, especially when it comes to a video it's game, on. too. You wouldn't want to, like, have certain things where go, no, I'm happy with that. That seems okay. You want everything to be cohesive in a yes. certain way. And that's, and that's the thing is when you're talking about, like, a whole experience... You're talking very different than just one limited narrative from one viewpoint with one data set, which yeah. is all story really is, or at least in such a way that I've been doing it so far. And so like to tie that and compare that to working on this game, if I ever actually try to make a cohesive narrative out of all the war shit I've done so far and will do, hopefully, um, I'm going to have to actually go wait, hold on, let's storyboard this and actually figure everything out and figure out all my little spider bits in between. Yeah. Because that's what you have to do with the game. Yeah. Is you go, where am I? Where am I going? How am I going to get there? What interrupts it? And then redefine the path based on those things that interrupt it and what you don't want to have happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it could be real fun. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, just maybe after the next year or two, I'll actually be decent enough at programming to have a shot at some of this. I mean, I know I'm trying to do it, so... <laughs> yeah. Mm. I've got I've got a lot of fucking classes on, like, not game design, but, like, just programming in general. Yeah. Which will help the general level of computer literacy. I would really like to get hard, hard into it. Um, as, I would just as, like to get hard. Hey, That's just unfortunate. I'll tell you what, as yeah. soon as this podcast is over... It's just it's just been a problem. Felatio oh. plus. <laughs> it's the level above Felatio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Felatio. It All took, right, uh... let's stop. <laughs> <laughs>